0: hello everyone this is albert from the topic podcast network the following episode is brought to you by the topic podcast network it is a completely 100 listener supporter network so if you wanted to help us out please head to co feecom forward slash topic network and also patreon.com forward slash topic network enjoy the show Hello, Garrett. How are you, my friend?
1: There you go. How are I'm you? Good.
0: My gosh, you? hurricanes. What are you going to do about hurricanes, man? Like it's literally nature saying like, hey, I'm nature. I'm doing Let's my see. thing.
1: Let's see. You guys want to see what Hurricane funerals like?
0: Yep. We saw a little bit on that story. There you go. So you're currently experiencing the way of water, I guess you could say. <laughs>
1: Oh a short. Yeah. So this is
0: my exactly. So this is my my fiance and also my co-host uh, Ray, um, and I figured I would bring her on. She always has five times more insightful questions than me,
1: even though. <laughs> I know. love hearing that. It's a pleasure to meet you. How are you? And congratulations on both of you for being engaged.
2: Oh thank you. That's thank you for kind. being here. It's such a it's a real honor. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's Thank my you. pleasure. You can edit whatever you want in, but you're going to start watching me get coffee done.
0: All right. Sounds yeah. good. He's just getting his coffee. All right. Sounds
1: good. <laughs> Now we've got hurricanes and we've got coffee. Look at that! Hurricane has now turned into the way of the coffee.
0: You've also named the episode "Hurricanes and Coffee," which is also your Uh, next is your directorial debut. Garrett Warren presents
1: "Hurricanes and Coffee." Mackerel. You know what? Uh, You know I don't know if I can swear or not, but fuck you—that's a damn name. You know what? That's a damn good name hurricanes and coffee that's my new that's my new brand name you know garrett warren hurricanes and
2: coffee i love it that's all the elements covered there's hurricanes and coffee forget
1: the other elements there's no earth wind or fire there's just hurricanes coffee and dirt well
0: basically you've got such a varied overmate um like past work uh that sounds like jim jarmusch and michael bay decided to look you know what let's just do this black and white action-packed you know, who knows? I'm hon- honestly, and that I suppose segues us into your work leading up to now. Um, oh,
1: well done. Well done. Hey,
0: po- pod <laughs> segues. Yes, love um, it. go ahead. So we did a quick little IMDb, which is always fun. Uh, Ray, what was the title that jumped out to you the most that Garrett-
2: I was had just had? blown away by how prolific you are. You've just <laughs> been this sort of, you know, angel behind some of the most iconic action movies that we've grown to love. You know, from Charlie's Whoa. Angels to Whoa.
1: Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh, Angel to Angel Behind the Action, coffee. Hold on, that's hey, okay. I go for <laughs> it. My assistant needs to write that down.
0: I do layout and logos and stuff, so let's do some decals for some of your sort of stunt work gear. Maybe, uh, maybe a patch like Angel Behind the Scenes. You know, uh, Angel you Behind the Action. Yeah.
1: All right, because I need I need a couple of new stunt T-shirts. And I need one for the movie I'm on right now, which I can't talk about. Sorry, guys. That's Oop.
2: that's cool. I got gotcha.
0: okay.
1: yeah, sure you. I, I'm sure you guys all know what it is, but I can't talk about
2: it. As soon as you were saying you were training an actor, uh, we were just just hurriedly putting pieces together. So we yeah. won't mention it, but we I think we have a pretty good idea. Pretty what good idea. idea.
0: I think we we would start with this surprise gift which we've made you. Um, I'm gonna swap oh. my Zoom background out for it. Yes, I'm gonna be sending you to any nominated PO box a, a print of it. Right. Oh, excellent! All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll send you the full copy and everything. I love it. Nice. B- between two That's garrets. It, I love it. You know the you know the uh, the Zach Galifianakis between two. I do. Between I do. two yes. garrets. I love it. Man. That's the 3rd third, <laughs> third T-shirt we're gonna make for you. You're okay. screwed.
1: Between yeah, uh, so,
0: so that's made by Bailey Youngman, a.k.a. Becoming Navi. I said, look, we're getting Garrett on. It's the one of the fastest works she pulled together. It's in the full definition version. It's you at Hell's Gate running things there, you know. I mean, I love Steven Lang. You and him are goals for me with, like, I mean, what is this? Look, Come on, that's a noodle right there. Come on. <laughs> um, the, the most I could do for you on set is because I'm an ex-contortionist. So if you needed me to do some kind of trippy... <laughs> You know Cirque du Soleil type things. I could do some back bends for you, just to kind of trip out. You know, say we're doing John Wick six in a couple of years, I'll just rock up and do some weird contortionist stuff. You know.
1: Well, I'm gonna be honest because I do use contortionists an awful lot to play creatures. Oh, there so you go. if you have a video, send it my way. Okay, and sounds where good. Where do you where do you where do you live? Where what country are you in?
0: We're in Australia. Um, so just over the over the pond, guys. If you're doing some kind of whatever event if you need volunteer people premiere stuff ray and i will be there it's all good let's make it happen
1: (laughs) well the next time i'm in new zealand which is quite frequently by the way because you know yeah um and i do need a contortionist to play a viper wolf or a thanator or something like that then i will hit you up
0: that that is done amazing and that actually beautifully marries with uh what jim talked about with uh taruk you know the cirque de soleil like really inhabiting and, and sort of that terry notary stuff, and, Andy circus stuff. Um, that's something that I wanted to draw a parallel with, actually, with uh, the presence of the physical person. Which you, which you embody and I, I drew a parallel with like cinema itself, which is Ray and I were speaking before about cinema, how it's going, the health of it, considering we now have digital, digital doubles and then, you know, streaming services, it's almost like stunt work and cinema have a similar story, which is we have now discovered that you actually can't do without them, they're, they're so integral. Uh, you can't outright replace people, you know. It's that's the soul right there, and um, so yeah, that's kind of a vibe that I got of of like you being at the heart of like you know the Buster Keaton. Like, there's such a history of of magnificently memorable stunt work. So,
1: yeah. thank you very much. That's those are some big shoes to put me next to you know the Buster Keatons and the. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other side of the coin like that. Um, And to say that I'm an angel behind action, that really is, and and let me just say right now, guys, I am truly humbled and honored that you said such things about me and put me in those uh, those terms. I I, I can tell you that this is possibly one of my favorite podcasts, if not the best podcast I've ever been on so far. You guys do a great job of, um, you know, engaging, you know, the person you're talking to and creating such amazing things that keep us interested. Um, I'm sorry that my my computer is making these dings and stuff like that. No, it's it's Um, not
0: it's not coming through at all Do not stress. It's all good, mate.
1: Oh good. Okay (laughs)
0: awesome. So
1: I I can tell you that yeah, I can tell you that yeah, I have worked of course with um slang Stephen Lang and uh, uh, You know, he is amazing. He's one of my favorite beings on this earth. He has a work ethic that is just unsurpassed by most um, he is not only just a great uh, character in a movie, but he's also um, an amazing uh, stage actor and you know, classically trained actor as well. So people like him and the people uh, like you know, all those other great um, thespians that are out there that are Shakespearean actors as well are amazing people to work with. And to have the likes of them on movies like Avatar and the Avatar sequels is just a hmm. true you know, benefit
0: you know yeah ray did you have anything for for steven in particular you know you're not in kansas anymore like this he i mean it's the, he's the main line in that new remaster trailer and and considering that that role that he'll have you know as a completely transformed transcended even uh entity as a navi and-
1: so, yeah. so hold on, because I'm not allowed to talk about anything okay. about the All right. So you know, <laughs> this is amazing because have you guys had other people from Avatar on your podcast?
0: We have. We had John Russell, who, um, you know, he's, he's a bit tangential, obviously, but he is, um, we talked yeah. about the Ryan Gosling skit with like you know papyrus and stuff, but he's the guy who designed all the brand new logos, just making everything look super fresh and moving away from the papyrus and stuff. But you're, in terms of uh, behind the scenes, um, yeah, you're our, our debut. Uh, so really? there you go. Had... You no know, actors? Oh, absolutely. Daniel Basuti. Yeah, Ray, take it away
2: oh yeah we will we were yeah we've been doing the rounds we were recently in new york um and we were very lucky we were there for the lord of the rings the rings of power premiere yeah. and um and so we got to you know sit with the creators of the show jd payne uh, meet with some of the people at vanity fair and, Indie Wire, and um, Got to speak with one of the main actors there, ismael yeah. Cruz Cordova, and mm. that was also really such a such a treat. So that was that was really wonderful to be able to just be in a room full of artists and just talk about their creative process. Yeah, yeah. but no, no, no.
1: But av- Avatar actors, have oh, you guys for, had any for, Avatar for, actors? No, not not
0: yet. No, and so that's don't, the thing.
1: You haven't had any Avatar actors, and mm. I'm like the only like well, well, behind the scenes person.
0: I, but I need to say this because you are that, that, um, and I'll speak about obviously, uh, you know, Dana as well, you know, the Dana show. Megan was telling me about her. I consider stunt people, including my first like person I fell he- like professionally head over heels for, which is Ray Park, who is Darth Maul. He's the reason I learned how to do a roundhouse kick and all oh, that. Right. I actually, I couldn't, I could not think of a better debut guest though. So I'm just saying, like, oh. Could not have I've okay. gone a better way because that's in line with me, you know. Having done I'm, my big thing is yoga and capoeira, it comes off really beautifully on screen. And I do want to speak with so much wow. of your crew, and and Bailey's been turning all of your crew into Navi, so it all actually ended up happening well, really love, beautifully. I
1: love that we're becoming Navi, but I mean, um, so you haven't spoken to John Landau or Jim Cameron or I mean, not the mean You're the first. Wow. And is, so, why, is that? why would you go to me and not no, to the people? I mean, please. those are the guys. You guys. know what's curious?
2: Albert will watch the technical part of the production documentary of every movie.
1: More. Like he will
2: watch it with painstaking. He will go back. He will rewatch the stuntmen and the crew and the production design. Like those are the people that he truly loves. Yeah. yeah. So that this is this is home for him. You know. Yes. So we're, I mean, we're an incredible I company.
1: <laughs> I've got questions then, and let's start okay. this off with my questions because personally, I mean, when dealing with a movie such as this, I, I personally I think that you should get Jim Cameron. Because Avatar is nothing without Jim Cameron. So I think that he's been next. And what I'll do is I'll try to send a message to John and Jim and I'll say, hey, guys, you know, uh, there's a great podcast, you know, if you do, if you could carve some time out. And here's what I would suggest, you know, try to carve out 10 minutes. Just make it very quick and say, hey, Jim, um, anything that I can get from you would be amazing, you know. And then also from John Landau, because Avatar is everything because of Jim Mm. Cameron and his counterpart, which is John Landau, if you ask me. I mean, the likes of, you know, myself, every other actor in the movie, things like that, we are the byproduct of Jim. We really Mm. are. And this movie, he does um, inject every part of him into every part of the movie, whether it be Mm. music, stunts, I mean, let me tell you, he choreographed the fights just as much as we did. He was right there beside us, throwing punches, grabbing us, throwing us to the ground, getting thrown to the ground. Mm. There's nobody who knew everyone's jobs better than Jim Cameron did. So if you guys are going to talk Avatar, you've got to talk Jim Cameron. After that, as far as like actors go and performers go, um, you know, and things that are about the Avatar sequels. I hope you guys know that I'm not allowed to talk about. Oh, anything. of course. In I'm fact... actually fact, like you don't know. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna ask you guys some questions. Number one, what do you know about the sequels?
0: Okay, so Ray, um, I would like to, cause I'm doing this stuff all the time. What what would you like to talk about with the sequels, and what do you know, Ray?
1: what do you guys know already i mean what can you what, what can i talk about that you guys already know
0: oh oh really okay um,
2: can lead with this. i'll take he from here a lot more than me
0: well first of all just on the note of kind of that beautiful non-committee designed authorship that you alluded to uh as a stunt coordinator you essentially are the mind's eye cinema for the whole team saying look i've got it playing out all in my head again stunts yes. action sequences are movies within movies okay. Yes. You know, and that's why you, as second unit director, makes perfect sense as well. And um, when you come back on, when you can discuss things, I would like to talk about the specific things you were directly involved in, like the scene that you took personal authorship over. But um, what I love is that we are in a world where there is still that. A lot of things are being committee designed and the authorship can get diluted. But having someone who is right there with every level of crew member. Um, putting his stamp on it and then also connecting empathetically which always makes for a happier set. It makes me, it's so heartening to know that that good energy is there and it's in line with, sorry to get a bit esoteric and big brain, but I consider Avatar, like the production itself, to be a bit of a symptom of responsible blockbuster making, like Artbuster, which is a a story that at the heart of it has this um, sense of, uh, you know, responsibility and accountability to the world we're in. And it does You're right. exactly. I agree. And I think there's no better use of Ray and I talk about how people variously use and abuse, or rather, don't use the attention of the world. And it's mm. it's the the blockbuster which is going to do a Trojan horse thing for a lot of people um, uh, to have them awaken a bit to their own responsibility towards themselves, connecting with like indigenous, uh, you know, ways which survived for many, many years without kind of causing too much of a ruckus uh as we've done with some of the industrialization so that's a big word salad for you to say you're part of the one of the most worthwhile projects artistically in human history i think because there's going to be a big global shift towards
2: and i have to tell you this it it generated so much change uh, in, in like I know people who studied climate change because of this who went to different parts of the world who left their careers uh, you know people just doing just doing incredible things because they were moved by a piece of art and so it, like the way that you've uh, told story with the action like you know I know uh, Jim is the visionary but uh, the way that you've you know brought the characters on screen and you've helped them move and you've uh, shown us how they navigate conflict uh that's that's been incredibly moving and it's changed people's lives i hope you know that
1: Uh, that's very kind of you guys i would
2: love to talk about your process and you know just how you tell stories as as an artist through through action
1: here's what i can say with uh jim cameron really what you are is you are an extension of him it was all of course under jim's tutelage and blessings let me just say that that is the process with jim and he really is an amazing filmmaker because I've never seen anyone be able to juggle so many fields at one time. The music producer would be on the side with music that he wanted to talk about. So in between each shot, he was juggling and saying, "Okay, I don't like the sound of this song. Let's add this in there. There's too much light here. Let's make it a little bit more moody, you know, so he was constantly um, evolving with each shot. Um, throughout the day, and I've never seen anyone be able to wear so many hats as him. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. So just know that that's the process. Now, as far as the first movie is concerned, you know, when it goes to doing action, basically you have to show Jim what he doesn't like. That's what he wants. He says, you know, go out there and show me what I hate. You know, and you're
0: like,
1: and it pretty much takes any kind of. um I I don't know, but, but stress off of your shoulders because you can go out there and do anything you want to because, you know, he just wants to see the stuff that he doesn't want. And sometimes in between it, he'll go, oh, I like what you did there. I'm gonna keep that, you know? But he wants you to feel free to go out there and do as much as you possibly can so that he can generally create the idea that he likes. You know, whereas if you go out there and try to do what you think he thinks he wants, you're going to be stuck in a little tiny vacuum trying to think like Jim Cameron and there is no way any human being can think like Jim Cameron he has his own brain so that was the beautiful part about working for Jim you know such as like flying on the ikran you know the very first movie he says go out there and work on how to fly an ikran and i go okay you know i look back and i go wait wait how does someone fly an ikran he goes i don't know he goes that's your job you're going to have to go out there and show me what i don't like and i go done you know and i get out there and of course the first thing we did was we looked at jockeys on horses mm-hmm. and we said okay you know horseback riders and jockeys we're going to take some of those things we're going to implement those and then we had to try to figure out how to create the apparatus mm-hmm. so the first thing we did was we put a barrel out there we put it on bungee cords and we rode a barrel and he says, okay well this is not the right way um a creature would motivate you know, in the air, you know, because it's bouncing and a creature wouldn't bounce. It would undulate with the rhythm of their flap, flapping wings. And he's incredibly scientific, mm-hmm. yet he's also incredibly tangible because once you get in the zone, he mm-hmm. will say, okay, let me see. And he'll jump up on it himself and he'll start to do it and I'll say, okay, I feel like this and I can do this. And when you ride a motorcycle, you, you, you lean to the side, but the bike stays over here so you can hug the turns and he goes, maybe we do that with the bird, you know, because as the bird is hugging the turns you stay upright so you don't fly off of it. And it's kind of reversed. He's a genius. (laughs) To be a part of that process is one of the greatest educational experiences and it also motivates you not only as a filmmaker, but as a human being because he deals with everyone so well that you learn to take from him the way he does it and you deal with other people the same way. So I became a greater filmmaker and human being yeah. after working with Jim Cameron. Yeah.
0: I have to jump in here and say it. so Ray, she is like a professional in relationship and personal like life mentor that that actually talks about leadership and talks about basically what a director does which is needing to juggle a lot of different things happening at once and, um, and that's like across different spheres as well and one thing that her and I talk about with like leadership and that ability to have that clear vision is uh, how you're essentially basically turning yourself into that central nervous system that brain for all these cells and all these limbs that are serving you but they are all you so you're james cameron the stunt person who just picked up that thing to carry it across the volume is james cameron and there's a beautiful interplay of uh focus but also empathy as well ray could you speak to anything like that
2: no i I was just blown away by just how cohesive it seems so even Mm -hmm. though the vision is so huge it seems that you guys are all on this beautiful creative wavelength and there's freedom and there's a lot of experimentation, but, but there's a way that it's all being implemented. So that's that's really incredible to see, especially for a project of such immense scale. Yeah. Um, You know, James routinely just shows us things that we've never seen before. Mm. And he's always at the frontier, you know, be it at the bottom of the ocean, or Mm. he's just always curious about what's next. So (laughs) it's it's just really wonderful that he's helping us all evolve. You and us, you know, as, as, as the audience too.
1: I agree with everything you guys are saying. And I'm telling you right now, it's everything you think and more. Because, you know, at the end of the week, we would all get together and maybe like hang out someplace, Jim included. And he would hang out with everyone, not just the stunt team, not just the actors, but also the people that work the brain bar, you know, the computer system, as well as the AD staff, it doesn't matter. The good news about him is that he's also like, a guy's guy in mm-hmm. addition to those things like he can grab a saw and saw off you know the leg of a, a, a yeah. of a set piece and weld it together right away he can get into a car and fix an engine he we would go three times a week at least two times a week but three times a week at 5 30 in the morning and fight together You know, we had this this person come in and do fight training, so me and, you know, my my, my other stunt coordinator and fight choreographer, Steve Brown, would get together with, there's another person named Steve Brown, actually, who is (laughs) Jim's trainer slash fight instructor. Nice. And we would all get together at 5.30 in the morning and we'd do stick training and we'd do punching, we'd do grappling. Um, he'd bring in guest fighters all the time that would come in and work with us on, you know, various kinds of savat and things like that, other kinds of martial arts. So, it, you know, it was a way of life. Okay. Avatar was a way of life off the screen and on the screen.
0: Yeah. This, we need to talk about um, how, you know, because again, your your work with, physicality, your work with action, with doing, as opposed to talking, right? Ray, also, Ray and I also talk about that that interplay between walking your talk, right? And being someone that, you know, once again, I don't think he just works with anyone and he has to recognize some part of himself in that person. That's how I believe there's that resonance and kinship between you two. And it is that jumping in and, and participative, you know, walking your talk kind of energy, which is something that creates something as tactile and as there's nothing. You're not removed from set. You're not giving instruction. Hey, get that for me. Like he's actually jumping in and doing it himself.
1: You're absolutely right. He would grab a trash can and move it. He would grab stuff and move it. so you're right. He would. Oh. He doesn't just say, "Hey guys, go do this." He goes and does it first, and you have to follow him. And trust me, he'll be the one climbing a mountain. And you're like, <laughs> I don't have the shoes for this. He goes. Neither do I. You know. And he starts climbing up. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die." Um, That's
2: what we need. But, you know, an but, avatar shot in space,
1: right? Yeah. But, you <laughs> know, but dude, don't, don't... Trust me. If it can happen, he will make it happen. Will make it happen. By um, the end of I the five know. films. <laughs> he's going to go into outer space so bad. You know, uh, that, that man... I mean, he's been in the... Uh, the ocean yeah. which is like outer space for so much but i believe that will happen and he's bringing it but, but that. he's
0: he's definitely bringing you with him i mean he's you're you're the kind of guy where it's like you know what who i want with me in outer space i want garrett warren i think it could, <laughs> I would, he could help I, me would, out.
1: I would love to be there with him in any shape of the imagination whether it's as his stunt coordinator as just a friend i would do it in a heartbeat for that guy and i'll tell you right now um, don't tell John Landau, but I'll do it for free because he's Ooh. amazing. Oh, uh, nice.
2: <laughs> we won't that's roll okay. back when he comes on the show. Uh, not true, John, um, not true. Um, that's
1: cool. Um, but but-, but I, can tell you, I can tell you guys this much, you know, the sequels that are coming out, um, you know, Jim Cameron is notorious for making a sequel better than the first movie. He I mean, is. mean, Aliens. And yeah. Don't get me wrong, I loved Alien, the first Alien, but Aliens, Yeah. you know, the second one? was amazing right Mm -hmm. and then i loved the first terminator Terminator, it was even another step above so what i can tell you is that what you guys have in store for you as an audience (laughs) is truly a treat it really is i mean story-wise um you know technology-wise um I i can tell you that you know it is one of the greatest cinema events you guys will be able to share um, for, for years. I'm so proud of this uh, project that he has brought me in on and that we've all made together. It's great. Yeah. Oh, my word.
2: Incredible.
0: Um, Ray, Incredible. You were men- I think you had something in the wings that you wanted to mention before. Yeah, yeah. go ahead.
2: You, Garrett, you are so passionate about what you do. I'm really curious about your why. Like, what prompted you to, to seek action as a, as a way to express your art and yourself and tell stories?
1: Well, that's very kind of you to ask. Um, okay, so first of all, um, I think I've been passionate about everything I do in my life. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it really well. You know, if I'm going to ride a bike, I'm going to become a professional bike rider and ride for a team and, and go compete in, you know, like the, 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 the Tour de France, whatever it is. But when it comes to acting in a movie, I never wanted to be a stuntman at first. I wanted to be a physical therapist. I was a fighter at first, turned into um, a stuntman because while I was training people at a gym, you know, celebrities and things like that. Um, someone said, "Hey, we just need someone to help us on this fight sequence in Hawaii on a TV show," so it got me there. So I was already a passionate person, more than just for action in a movie. It was for anything I did. Um, even in, as a little kid, if I like Matchbox cars, I got every Matchbox car and I built <laughs> worlds around it, and I was completely engrossed in it. If I like knives, I'm going to get every knife there is, I'm going to learn how to make knives. It's that's my personality. So. Going into action, I take the same thing and I bring it forward into that world. And as far as action is concerned, um, I just like movies, not just action. I love a first, second and third act. Mm -hmm. Um, I love character arc. I love story development. I love to make someone either clap, cry, cheer grip their seat or even stand up out of their seat. If that is something that happens in a movie and I was a part of it, then, you know, to me, I have left an indelible line on society. And then I can honestly say that I have created an immortal moment that Mm -hmm. will transcend me as a human being, Mm -hmm. that my kids' kids' kids will continue to see long after I'm gone. That is the closest thing to immortality that you or i could ever know if you ask me um and so that is my goal is to make sure that i can leave that indelible mark and then on top of all of that to be a part of a movie that is poignant and affects the world in a positive way there was a movie i did a while ago with steven spielberg called lincoln you know and it was all about Abraham lincoln i was very proud of that too because what a great man he was The things that he had done and then i also did you know um uh, a movie called miracles from heaven and it was a very faith-based movie as well so there are projects i hold true to my heart and i do because i want to help the world more than just make money and do stunts as Mm -hmm. a person i want to make sure that i'm also doing things that resonate and avatar is one of them Mm -hmm. and as a human being i can honestly say that this world is a very difficult place that we already live in and to have something that is going to give you a guide you know it's going to say this is how things are supposed to be live your life this way then i want to help be a part of that and i want to push those things forward and that's why avatar is so important and that's mm. why i'm so passionate about it as well um, i, I need to ref-
0: i need to reflect reflect some of this good energy you're putting i, you're,
2: you're, I
0: know you're emanating such beautiful <laughs> perennial timeless worthwhile and, and, and ultimately very admirable and, and, and kindred sentiments but what i want to say is with us being again physical tangible real beings you know that's as, as great as cgi is going to get even jim would would say what james would say that that's something that can't be, you know, reality can't be outright replaced, at least, you know, because of the AI stuff. All I'll say is with your work in particular, I think of the stuffing, like say, you're, you're making the outline of something, but to make to, to bring the sinew, that presence mm-hmm. and that substance, I mean, that's Garrett. And that's 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 the Garrett's of the world doing that. So if I just wanted to reflect that that, that good energy back to you and kind of reframe that as like, not only are you contributing, you're, you're, you're giving it that the veins and the, the the tendons of this these beautiful, um, you know, creations in the, the filmmaking art form.
1: I appreciate that greatly. You know, I, I can tell you that when we first started the sequels, you know, Jim had also talked about the vegan lifestyle, mm. you know, and trying to, um, you know, change our habits into a healthier way. So um, Avatar became more than just a movie in a workplace. It also became something that was, you know dealing with the inside of our human bodies so mm-hmm. that's another thing i think that if the world can also get something out of avatar and jim cameron it's also the vegan lifestyle mm-hmm. now god bless him i tried really hard i really did <laughs> <guys>. i <laughs> ate vegan morning noon and night for about i'd say like six months and i tried really hard and in the end I, I, I wound up going and he's okay with that. He's the most accepting person in the world. Trust me. He's one mm. of the greatest guys in the world. His goal is to say at least one meal a day, make okay. it a vegan. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at first I tried to just jump in and go, no, I'm going to be vegan. I'm with <laughs> <You're> you. <stuck.
2: laughs>
1: yeah, me, you know? Um, and then after a while I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't think I like that personally on a personal level. So mm. I'm going to go back to doing what you originally set out to do, Jim, which is what I should have done and listen to you. And I'm going to eat one meal a day. So now what I do is I make sure that one meal a day, I eat a vegan lifestyle meal. So I think that if you guys can take that and also help promote that in the world, that oh. would be a great thing as well. Let's just spread the word that, you know, yeah,
0: I know he he's passionate helped. about that. Uh, he did a, a segment on New Zealand TV about that as well. Um, and so when he does jump on the show, which we have but first of all, I don't think we even said, we just dove it right back into reflecting the, the good vibes back to you, but that opportunity for both Jim and, and John to come on, it'll be very much this sort of quick thing where we're just um, highlighting these very special things that they're doing. That level of, as I call it, Trojan horse filmmaking. As you go in, you're sitting down, the walls come down because it's a fantasy world. No one's coming at you talking about necessarily specific instances of like the Amazon forest, the walls come down and then suddenly you're like well the navi like they mostly eat sure they go for hunting and stuff but they they're mostly um, you know omnivorous yeah and then edging towards um you know uh veganism and you know non uh yeah like non non-cruel kind of forms of living and i think in one of the books it says that's why they've lived that way for ten thousand years us in australia our uh, indigenous uh, people they very much live that way where they just never thought to put one stone on top of another to to, to bend metal to create you know machinery or whatever they just achieve this this harmony with um uh, yeah with the you know natural naturally occurring stuff you know
1: well, his wife also has a cookbook out there, and she also has a whole vegan, you know. Uh, also, do you guys know his farm, his Cameron Family Farms, which is over in New Zealand? I don't in know New if you Zealand. guys have tried. Yeah. The, yeah. Manuka, the Manuka honey that they have. I, look, I hate that I'm, like, pushing products and so forth. <laughs> no, you're here. cool,
0: man. Big I will guy. let
1: you know that these are really cool things, and everyone should actually look into them because they are pretty dope. And here's a man that, you know, works the land just like he does the movie, and he's out there, you know, doing great things you know both physical and mental and spiritual i i love everything and he's so accepting of every kind of walk of life so I, i'm a huge fan of his as you can see i'm a very big fan of his and oh. i can't wait for you guys to see these sequels
2: yeah
1: yeah i can tell you stories trust me i got yeah. so many stories.
2: i would love to know like what is the because you know you you i'm guessing you have a high risk tolerance and, and james is also a very very curious human being what's like the strangest experience that the two of you have had where you just gone, this is this is very unusual i can't believe we're doing this even for you
1: <laughs> now, you know what i'll tell you right now yes jim is a daredevil you know jim has told me some of the things that he's done in his life but let me tell you he's also a calculated risk person in the world yeah. so you know um we uh, there's there's a number of things that are like that, and I, I'm not able to talk about them because they were on the sequels. Where all of a sudden I was like, I can't believe this is all happening. Right. But let's say let's okay, let's take for instance the first movie. I remember we had built <clears throat> a motion capture stage upright. You know, the first time in the world, I'm not sure, but we were 80 feet tall. You know, because we're <laughs> going to have someone fall down these leaves, you grab onto these leaves, and go down like that. And so he's like, listen, just make it happen. And then the next thing you know, he and I are on wires up at the top, and he's like, "I got to see this, and I got to figure, figure this stuff out." And I'm way up there with him, saying to myself, "Dude, it's not safe for you to be up here." And he's like, "You know, you're up here," and I'm like, <laughs> no, "You know," he goes, "Look, man, you know, I can handle anything. You can trust me, and it's true. He can." Hmm. And I remember saying to him, go, saying to him, you know, look, man, the first first Terminator was amazing," and he told me up there while we were there and nobody was around he goes oh, i missed the first the first terminator when it was just an indie film and it was just me and some cameras running around um you know and shooting things without permits and are fearful that someone might catch us you know mm. um you know he liked the fact that there was no rules mm. uh because nowadays he does have to follow a lot of rules which he's okay with but um um he says he does miss those days of being an independent filmmaker however he goes i'll never go back to there because you know i have all the toys in the world now i can do things nobody (laughs) could ever do speaking um, of all the was- toys
0: i do want to mention uh bailey actually had a question the woman who uh, the uh, the person yeah. who created the uh the portrait of you she said i would be super super curious to hear about um garrett's involvement in water stunts especially on how they trained looking to build their lung capacities holding their breath underwater and uh if there were breath work techniques incorporated so basically a question i know you can't talk about it too much but uh, the difference between training one tribe of Navi, the Omatikaya, and then the Metkayina.
1: I know that they have released, you know, snippets on um, the various people, whether it be Kate Winslet. I know that there's there's been um, articles out there on people's breath holds. The longest time we had on set, one of our one of our people got somewhere around like 13 or 14 minutes. But it's a, it's a static breath hold. Now, it's just getting down and being comfortable and not even moving and just relaxing.
2: I also know you've worked in Mission Impossible 3, just the practice of what it takes and the discipline. Like, you know, it, you sort of like dealing with warriors, sort of instilling that spirit in them. Uh, and, and it's just extraordinary that with yeah. that discipline, they're they able to do these impossible things. So I, 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 you know. I
0: need to, to, to alley-oop that right now and, and mention, as you mentioned before, training actors. Uh, uh, you kind of probably experience, because again, they're not disconnected, it's the physical body and then the psychological. You probably witness a lot of people maybe <laughs> processing some stuff that uh, they've maybe internalized a lot because you're taking them out of their usual, you know, rhythms. Uh, have you encountered moments where it's you've been training someone, they haven't done the specific kind of training you're asking them to. And they're like, you know what, this has got me thinking about my dad. This has got me thinking about Has
1: anything gotten a bit like that? Yeah.
2: Like it's more the mind, you know, that gets ready first. And then the body follows.
1: I, I can totally, you know, just two days ago, on a film that I'm working on right now, I had someone come to me saying, You know, you like the dad I never had, you know what I mean? And because I'm teaching him how to do um, the sequence and I'm teaching him step by step. When that happens, do this. And when that happens, and then he actually, you know, because we were talking about fighting and he was like, Have you ever been in a fight? And I said, Yeah, I've been in one or two, you know, <laughs> um, uh, or 100. And, yeah. you know, he was like, You know, so what would happen if you did this? And what would happen? And I said, Listen, If that happens, here's how, you know, and I started to talk to him about, you know, when you go out there and you're in the world and you do get into a fight, there's certain things you can see that are gonna happen before that fight. And you have to start to learn how to read a crowd and read people and read human Mm -hmm. beings. And that will teach you when a fight is about to happen. Like when I was younger and I had a karate school, teaching like college students, you know, especially females, I would teach them that one of the best things to do to help prevent Um, anything from happening is just don't be there. You know, Mm. if you see um, there is a shortcut from here to your car and there's no lights, just don't go down that alley. Take the Mm. long route where all the people are, where the lights are. If you find that your friends are going to a party and then they leave and you're the last one there, don't stay there. You know what I mean? Leave, you know, be with them as well. So if you can see something, yeah, if you can see something is about to happen, Mm. you know, wake up. Read between the lines, and you know, try to prevent something before it happens. Instead of being in the so, just like you said, back to your story or back to your comment, I have been with a lot of actors where they've also said to me, "Wow, this reminds me of my father," or "You're like a father," or um, "You're like, you know, the brother I never had," or "You know, I love that you're helping me with this. Cause it's given me confidence as a human being." So I've had great things told to me while I've been training actors um there's some amazing people i've worked with like hugh jackman genius person i can't tell you how nice he is and how great his work ethic is same as tom cruise but on top of all those kate winsley kate winsley is the kind of person that when she walks in and she grabs your hand and shakes your hand and looks at you in the eyes she looks in your eyes like she looks into your eyes and she knows your name she doesn't say your name she knows your name and she knows who you are And she says things like, you know, this movie is so fortunate to have you on it. We're so fortunate to have you on it. And that's everyone. She doesn't do it just to me. She does it to the camera department, to the grips, to the craft service. And she is one of the most inspiring human beings I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore, same thing. You know, she would learn two dialects of Mandarin just to talk to the people on Charlie's Angels, just to talk to the the Chinese crew that we had. I've been inspired by those individuals to become better just as much as I have Jim Cameron. And so what you're saying is true. I've been able to train a lot of actors, but a lot of actors have taught me and I've learned how to be a better person because of the movie world.
2: Mm, There you go. That's stunning. Boom.
1: Boom! Boom. Boom. I can do it. Wow, you can put a bow on that one. I
2: have to. Okay, stunning. That's just articulation. No, no, (laughs) uh,
1: no, um, no fishing, man. (laughs) Economy, economy of
0: expression, right here. Okay, that's what we're talking about. So
2: lyrical with your with your word, Garrett. Yeah, beautiful, true wordsmith. But you know, sometimes, sometimes, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I, I just sorry. What were you gonna say? I get very caught up sometimes
1: in passion, and I can't speak. And when I do speak well and articulate, and my grammar is on, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah get it. it. Just, yeah, it's
2: amazing. You're a, yeah, you're. I, you're not even a triple threat. You're many threats. Many threats you know all.
0: In, in flow. In but
2: sense. you know what? You're also a badass because when I saw, I, I don't know, you can say as little or as much as you would like about this. But when I first saw your picture. I assumed that your eye was an occupational hazard. And I I looked at Albert and I was like, oh yeah, he's a stunt coordinator, that probably happened on one of his films, and Albert was like, hmm, funny that you say that, but sometimes life imitates art, and I know that in your own life there was an incident that was very much like an action film itself. And so I was just wondering like how that event, you know, the the assassination attempt, if you'd like to talk about it, how that's also shaped like your ethos as a person and like a dad and how, how that's shaped who you are.
1: You're good. You are really good. Well done. I saw you did that little little transition into that world. That was really well done. And then when you got there, you held it with velvet gloves. You're like, I'm not sure how he's going to take it, and I'm going to make sure I just do it delicately. Well done. Anyways, I can. Yeah, I'm fine talking about it, and I appreciate um, you know the way you brought it in. Um, so, uh, you know, when I did get someone, so for the audience that doesn't know me, um, I lost my eye because a person came to my house and shot me four times one in the chest, one in my neck, one in my hip, and one in my head. Um, you know, uh, what happened to me afterwards was a truly interesting kind of event. You know, I, I didn't really feel like I changed much at all, but I did. I learned that, you know, life is going to end very soon. You know i shook hands I, I got a personal relationship with death basically you know and <clears throat> prior to this back in 96 i was doing a movie called chill factor and i had almost died on set being hit by a truck and they had to put me back together and fly me to a hospital and all kinds of things so i've definitely had uh, you know personal relationship with death all my life but on this one i realized it's more than just the things that i'm doing it can also be the outside factors so after that know i spit the mouthpiece out i took the gloves off and i wanted to live life and i wanted to learn that you know um um, what is happening out there i need to be a part of i want to see what it's like and there's some things that i'm very proud that i've done and some things that i realize you know looking back you know shouldn't have done um but it's all a part of you know that post-traumatic stress syndrome that's out there did i have it i don't know i went right back to work I went right back in. I was fine. I, you know, a lot of people said, Do you need to see a therapist? And I said, no, I'm completely fine. I was born to be a machine. My mom didn't raise me to be a pretty person. I'm not gorgeous, you know, that's for sure. But I was born to, you know, carry people up mountains or lift heavy things or, you know, lift people. And that's my job on this planet, you know? Um, so when I got shot, I said to myself, you know, you know, there's people that can cry and feel bad. And there's people that can just put an eye patch on and move move forward. And I'm the guy that puts the eye patch on and moves forward as a dad. It taught me that, you know, there's a couple of things that are very important. When I died, the first when I was going to die, the first thing I did tell my mom is take care of my daughter, you know, make sure that she is still raised, you know, you know as Catholic and you know, believes in God and Jesus Christ. Um, and you know, I realized that my faith and my religion um, are important to me, but not so much the religion as it is my daughter to have a personal relationship with God, you know what I mean? More than just a religion, um, more than just being a Christian or a Catholic or a Jewish person. Um, I think that this world, and I even had these conversations with Jim, who is you know, of course, um, more about science than he is about, you know, God or anything like that. But I believe that we all should have, you know, a personal relationship with God, you know. And so after I was shot, I took inventory. I said to myself, okay, what's important to me? And the first thing that was important to me was making sure that uh, tomorrow never came, that now was always here. You know, I didn't think, well, tomorrow's going to happen. I never did that. What's happening now? You know, I never lived for tomorrow. I always went for right now because I didn't know if there was going to be a tomorrow. Um, Later on, I've I've come back to the realization that there will be a tomorrow and it's okay to have a tomorrow. And I've got five kids now, so it's best to have a tomorrow tomorrow? and stop being a psycho. Um, You know (laughs) what I mean? And don't worry so much about, you know, uh, dropping a beat. You know, uh, I have would. to
0: jump in. I have to be an Italian right now and give you a giant daggy Zoom hug because the way that you have channeled uh, the, your experiences high and low into shaping such a well-rounded and empathetic and, and omni-curious, curious about so many things, it's, it's uh, in and of itself on a human level just so affirming and inspiring, man. Like it's nice. just regardless of whatever vocation, just I'm so grateful that you exist and are who you are, do what you do are with us. And uh, yeah, love you, man.
1: Big hugs from Australia. Oh. love <laughs> well, you guys too. Thanks, the hugs right back to yeah, you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Was, right. There you Thank go. Thank you, yeah.
2: gosh, well, no, that, yeah, incredible. Please I'll on. tell you one thing that
1: did come out of it all too. When I Thanks. sat down, I said to myself, you know, what's the meaning of life? Yes. Deep, right? Yes. Yeah, we all say it, you know, why are we here, that kind of thing. And I came away with one one word, you know. And now before I say it, I almost want to ask you guys, you know, what do you feel? Have you guys ever said to yourself, what is the meaning of life?
2: Oh, my God, yes. You know, it's important to have a few existential crises in your life, right? You know, especially if you've been meeting with loss or grief or something i think those big feelings sort of catalyze those questions one so. word
0: right he, he, give me, what's one your word. one word
2: a one word <laughs> Oh, know. he wants
1: to know he wants to know now all right I
2: good do. i'm hoping yeah. <laughs> is
1: gonna stick around going wait what's the one word i gotta know what he found out because here's a guy that died and you know came <laughs> back right? all right so uh my one word is purpose purpose mm. that's the of life you know if you feel needed if you feel like you have a purpose then you have a good meaning of life if you feel like there's nothing then you stay in your room and you don't come out you know but if you have a purpose no matter what i mean look everyone can say well money or or family or whatever it is but it's purpose because some people don't have family. They only have themselves, but those people that have only have themselves, perhaps they're firefighters that do take care of the other people in the world. And they're the ones that lift them on their shoulders. Perhaps they're soldiers, perhaps they're nurses, things like that. I can tell you that the one thing, the one word Mm. I came away with sitting down years after having been shot, after having gone through these uh, traumatic experiences, the one word I've come with, the meaning of life is purpose. And I think for all of us um, to figure out what that purpose is and, you know, search for it and go for it is the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. But the purpose can change. It doesn't just have to be world champion boxer. It doesn't just have to be um, the creator of Tesla cars. It can be a number of things at different times. However, whatever that purpose is, you have to hold on with two hands, and you have
0: to have hope. That's yeah. wonderful. I need and, to know, I, I once again jump in and say. First of all, um, I want to be the producer of the Garrett Warren podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'll, you you I'll, are
2: I'll, so good at this. I'll you know this how good you are at this. You're incredible. Yeah. Just such a great orator. You speak so beautifully. Yeah, you're very kind.
1: I appreciate that. I'll tell you what, you know, I, I have never thought of it, but if there is such a thing and you guys think that there is a it place is. for it, I'll let you be the producer of it and so, we can start it.
0: Okay. Done. Yeah, we'll do it. It. We've, we're adding can you, you to the topic. To do it, we'll do it. Oh, it's it's we'll just it's zoom, man. I just do the editing and it's easy. We'll just figure out times. But basically, I can In see. What? Yeah, I can just see you because of just the, the the Venn diagram of spheres and subject matter that you cover. Because when you're in the when you're in the guts of a film, just like the the themes of it, and again, you have to represent those themes in physical action and action sequences. You're you're exposing yourself to these concepts and narratives. So you are this sponge of so much narrative knowledge, life experience knowledge, physical experience knowledge. Um, that I think an outlet for that is 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 the world needs it. Right? Can you do you agree with me? I think the world... Oh my def- gosh,
2: absolutely. And, yeah. and you know what? It, it's just, it's beautiful because after something like that where you could have stopped trusting life or you could have stopped having that hope, I, I think it, it, takes, it takes a certain kind of character to then really live life so fully and mm-hmm. and trust it so fully because none of us have that certainty that you know of what tomorrow will bring but the fact that you've embraced your life so fully and that that purpose is with you every day i think that's that's really moving
1: yeah i appreciate that you know i'll tell you what looking at avatar yes. looking at avatar I have to admit, you know, as much as Jim says he's a science person and mm. um, doesn't subscribe to religion, I also say poo-poo, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> poo-poo, Jim. <laughs>
2: we, I thought it was poo-poo. a deeply spiritual movie.
1: R- but but Awa, you know. I Awa, and, Awa. You know, Awa. And, it's and literally, way, you know. Right, right. And the way that those, you know, the way that these soul, the tree of souls and things like that, you know, listen, I believe that he is a deeply spiritual man as well. As much as he might say he's not at times, I also believe that he is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he is um, a huge philanthropist. He is an amazing, um, like, like he works for Nat Geo as well. And he discovers and works with tribes and different lifestyles all over the world. And here's a man that's seen it all, you know, and I know he has talked to me. He goes, Garrett, there's more to it than just, you know, you're alive and you're dead. There is an energy. There is a life force and so i think that's amazing because he's one of the most intelligent men i've met in my life who knows that one plus one equals two and yet at the same token believes that one plus one might equal a little bit more than two you know and so to to see that in my lifetime Mm -hmm. and witness that with this human being it gives me hope Mm -hmm. and this movie You know, I have to admit, whether it be the first movie or even the sequels, um, I hope that that will do what I just said for the rest of the world. It will give them hope, because I feel that that might be something that this world is starting to lack a little bit of. Once again,
0: it's a symptom. I see you guys almost as like the white blood cells recognizing a little (laughs) bit of what the human... you can't actually almost have predicted it is there was the war obviously there's the pandemic uh there was a pretty shaky time with some certain leadership in the u.s and it was pretty heavy with some of the stuff that was being created bad energy in the world and it once again there's a scene in avatar itself Is like Awes heard you the animals come to life they come and kind of do that white blood cell thing of protecting the planet and you're like one of the chiefs of this white blood cell army like bringing a lot more um self-awareness and uh, yeah personal and then tribal activism uh of uh, w- wanting to live one's most truest you know and most fulfilled life you know and yeah
2: i thought it was beautiful because there's that sort of feminine manifestation of god like the the awash he's like goddess. the creator she's like a mother so that could be Uh, like spiritual archetypes are very present in Avatar so I I will again it's so interesting because you take away so many things from the film and you also bring yourself to the movie so if you're a spiritual person those layers are there Um, and 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 so I I I think it's uh, yes it's it's curious that you say like he's scientific because I thought it was um woven with a really beautiful spiritual element mm-hmm. to that as well. And even the name Ewa, it sounds a bit similar to like Yahweh, which is, you know, the name yes. of the old Yes, old yes old it, old old. it oh, I love mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. Know that. Yeah. And so just phonetically when I heard <laughs> that, I like, oh, Ray,
0: I'm Ray, so don't oh. leave him hanging. Go for it. I'll
1: tell you what, I, I do agree with all those things and I can tell you that um um, you know, he is hugely scientific. He is very much, you know, um, you know, ones and zeros. You know, he is amazing with the technology that he can create and so forth. Um, I believe that, you know, he designed his own sub that went yeah. all the way down, <laughs> come on guys, Yeah, that's crazy. Can you yeah. imagine what he did now on these sequels? Mm, yeah. Oh. You know, here's a man, here's a man that took 10 years to get it right too he didn't just come out with the next movie no, afterwards you know no. and listen to everyone else that have done sequels right after whether it be the mission impossible or the fast and the furious god bless them they can do those kinds of things but not for jim no jim needs something that's deeper than a sequel yeah. he needs another movie and another reason and man it's here wait till you guys see it Man, can't
2: uh, wait! We're actually seeing the remastered version on, on the, Thursday. Yeah,
1: good, good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I call <that>. I, I <laughs> it the re- remasterpiece. Remasterpiece. Remaster. Yeah. Um, let um, me know. Um,
1: let me know if you guys like the three D because I can't see it.
0: Uh, hey Okay, now I have to talk about, um, sequ- well, you mentioned sequels, once again, there is a, sometimes a sense of the cookie cutter filmmaking, the conveyor belt filmmaking, where the, the sequel is kind of magicked into being because of a certain amount of box office, this, I love that there was, as you said, that planning of actually creating the story ahead of time. Uh, and have it be logically, like a logical sequence. And what was wonderful about Terminator 2, as you know, it's the humanization of, uh, um, of Arnold's character. And also, there's a consistent thing, I wanted to point this out, is in Alien as well, there's a, the bringing in of, of Newt and family. So he yeah. has this thing of bringing family into his sequels, because guess what happens in life? Well, lat- later in life, we have families. You know, so there's a, okay. well how was done, it, how, yeah. yeah, how was it uh, working with some of the, you know, Dwayne and, and, and Jack, Jack, Jack got jacked. I mean, seriously, Jack the champ Insta, you know, um, Jack champion. Jack the placed. champ
1: Insta. I love yeah. that you say his Instagram name. <laughs> I gotta say it. He's a great Jack champion, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, love him. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I can say that. I can honestly say I love him like he's a family member, like a little brother, like a nephew, like a whatever. I'd do anything for him. We still talk to this day, mm-hmm. you know, even though we might not see each other all the time, like once a week, will he'll check in, or once a month, you know. He's amazing. I've watched him grow up, like I've watched my children uh-huh. grow up. How's that? <laughs> you nice. know, how's that for, for a lifestyle? Um, you know, the, the cast, they were at D23, I believe right yeah, recently they were. Mm-hmm. and so the world got to meet a lot of the cast of Avatar that way I'm not the one that's saying who it is or what they're doing um, but as far as what is it like to work with the cast that was in Avatar it's amazing there's some of the most beautiful sweet intelligent people I've ever seen in my life to work with someone like Sigourney Weaver who is, if you ask me, she is a goat. She is the goat, (laughs) if you ask me. She is the
2: goat. (laughs) Sigourney
1: Weaver is, you know, she makes everything better. You know what I mean? I'm just going to call Sigourney Weaver butter from now on. (laughs) She's just butter. butter. I love butter. butter. But if you put butter on anything, it's good. Um, Then let me just say that Zoe Saldana is truly one of the most special, sweet, Hard-working, talented, smart people to work with. That I, that I can't stop talking about. She's great. I've, I've said um, this
0: about. I keep thinking at one point the universe will bring Zoe and Ray together because there's so many sentiments that she's expressed so I don't know phone numbers emails whatever <laughs> because I can see such an amazing dialogue first of all I need the Garrett and James Cameron podcast where basically you're opening him up a bit more about the spiritual side and him you know kind of doing his thing of talking about the, the technological side of things I mean he even included a scene in avatar where it's like I don't believe in this hippie crap like that's him speaking that <laughs> but but so it's a self-awareness to know that, at the same time, you see right through, like all best friends do. They see through into their best friend and say, "I know mm-hmm. that for you, it, it goes beyond." And I can see that resonance that uh, that that you have with Zoe as well, and that I frankly ah, feel is all over it. this podcast love, is covered in that as well. So we're gonna have some just big thing. That's what I mean. Like let us, we'll just
1: you guys are neighbors. I should do one. I should do one because yeah. yeah, trust me. I could, I could bring up points with him and things. He's one of the most amazing people in that sense. And if I did a podcast, you yeah. guys would learn a lot, a lot of the things that I learned. And um, maybe we should do it. I can tell you that, you know, the people on that set, I learned so much from. Sam Worthington in these sequels has grown so much as an actor and as a father, as a human being. Mm-hmm. Wait and see him, guys.
0: Aussie pride.
1: Wait and see him. He's a sleeping giant, you know, mm-hmm. um, slang. We've already talked about, yeah. you know, he's amazing. He's the man, you know, if uh, you know, if if there is a great one, you know, he is definitely a great one. And mm-hmm. I love working with him. All the people that were brought into this movie, Kate Winslet, who, of course, is. Yeah, and uh, Steve, uh, Jim's Jim's uh, go to um, from Titanic. She was beyond great. I can't (laughs) tell you how cool she was and how much fun she was to work with. I worked with her on Divergent and she was just as good on Divergent. She would Mm -hmm. come in and do the same to the crew there. It wasn't just Avatar. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many people. Who else can I talk about? Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Look, there's so many names. We'd be here for an hour if I said We would be. The new cast, wait and see how good this new cast is. It's It's gonna pull at your heartstrings. It's going to inspire you and you guys are going to love these sequels.
0: But we were talking about family. Now, your family, you know, you've got your your kids. Do they come on set? Do they say, hey, Dad, you know, we want to like put me in a Lycra suit. I want to play a baby. I want to play a baby Navi kind of thing. Like what's what's going? Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep, Absolutely. So on the first movie, you know we had a war sequence where we had to have kids being carried as people were dropped and you know my daughter kyla i was like you know let's put let's put her in there guys and they're like well what if we drive her?" i'm like she's my daughter it's okay you know and everyone's like really i'm like yeah yeah we put pads down of course but you know and you know people did have to fall and she fell on the ground and she'd get up and she'd be like oh that hurt and i go yeah it did welcome to stunts, get there stunts. <laughs> you know and so i know with my kids i can do that it's not being mean or anything like that, but it's like you know, yeah, we all fall. It's okay, get back up. You know, yeah. falling hurts. You know, you'll be That's fine. A
2: great lesson. Yeah, I'll there is on, like, one person that I wanted to ask you about, which we didn't cover. But, I'm very curious about Edie Falco. Oh, oh what well, you can tell okay. us about okay. the incredible Edie yeah. Falco yeah. Yeah. and working well, with her.
1: I, I can tell you that, that you know, usually I try not to bring people's names up unless you guys bring it up that way. I don't get in trouble for anything. So you guys know that she's in the movie. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Um, she's amazing. I can tell you that, you know, when it comes to a female um, strong lead like Sigourney Weaver is or like Zoe is, she's right there as well. She's mm-hmm. like the Kate Winslet. So she can stand and ho- she can play chess with the best of them. You know what I mean by play chess?
0: Yeah.
1: I talked about when you're on a set and you watch actors, right? They don't play checkers. You know, really good actors don't play checkers. They play chess. They think two or three moves ahead and they look at you and they size you up and they react to you and they try to figure out what you're doing and how you're reacting to them. And she's that person. Mm -hmm. She watches and she reads and she is an avid student of life and human beings. Mm -hmm. And to work with her, was a dream come true first of all because i love the sopranos yeah. so when i saw it my was favorite like, show yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah our favorite show it is alcohol,
1: you know? um, and even when she played the nurse afterwards on that tv series where she was you know snorting you know vicodin i was like oh man, this yeah is so great you know she's got such range yes but she can stand there on a set With the likes of a Jim Cameron and a John Landau and a slang. And she can make them all, you know, bend to her will too, because I'm Edie Falco. You know, if I have to be badass, I will. And are you looking at me? (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Just having Jim Gandolfini as a partner sort of, you know, she just, I love that. She gets (laughs) some of that Carmella Soprano.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, she's, she's, she is every bit what you think she could be and Mm. she will not disappoint just wait okay
0: now now you got me wow garrett Uh, Um, you've you've got me
2: right now (laughs) right
0: so basically you need to tell disney look ease off on you don't need to spend like it's all you need is the garrett warren just just that's all you need i mean they can maybe just they don't have to worry about some of those billboards some of those because it's honestly coming from this and and look I'm, I'm jesting as well i know they've got a lot of stuff prepared in fact this is the best integration of art and commercialism art and commerce you know denny Villeneuve said something like my art is my commerce the i make the art good enough and then the word of mouth does the rest you know and that especially in the age of the algorithm where people are very insecure this sort of group designing things 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 feel fragmented characters do things that's why I love it all three of us love the sopranos because that felt completely organic every step narratively like evolved from the essence and truth of the characters and he's a bastion you know you and Jim you're these these bubbles of the old school style of like no this character is doing this because it is narratively because it is uh, uh, it is their true nature to do that there's nothing where someone came in is like we have to have this scene where there's an interruption of that organic flow so my question essentially or my riff that i guess i'm on here is about authenticity you know and how this is going to be such a necessary surge of authenticity into the biggest most visible art form and that will have a ripple effect of hey you know authenticity is okay we don't have to just you know lean too much in worrying only about the merchandise of the special effects where that narrative stuff is right
1: mm. that's right that's right you said volumes you just spoke mountains then congratulations on being one of the most prolific human beings that i've listened to in a long time nice. for what you just said well so, done now i got a question for you okay that shirt you're wearing yes who there made that
0: so i made it myself um it just, they, I, I all, like all i wanted was just that beautiful iconic kind of power image. I am, I, I'm a big believer in iconography. It's some of the, the tattoos I, de- I design are all based on a concept called morphogenesis, which is the manner in which all patterns in nature are created, like the capillaries in your eyes and uh, the branches in trees. So I have this big kind of tattoo project I'm working on. And for me, the power of wordless or so no words, just action, just symbols, I'm so fascinated by that period in human history and how we've carried that forward. You know, it's even in the the Zoom mask with me here. And there's even a a kinship there with, with, you know, physical action, you know, where you're not saying anything, you're actually demonstrating with dance, with performance. Symbol, dance, performance, that's kind of my my hope. I love it,
1: that's a great t-shirt, that Leonoprix is a very cool design, you know? I'm
0: gonna gonna send it to you, dude. When I'm sending (laughs) you,
1: I tell you, you know, um, if if you ever get other people on, you should ask them about Garrett Orange T-shirt designs on the Avatar um, movie sets because okay. I had I had so many different crew shirts that I came up with. I think I made <laughs> I made about like three or four different hats and three or four different shirts nice. and hoodies. But but um, while I was doing it. I probably had about 30 or 40 different designs that got completely shot down by John Landau. (laughs) (laughs) There's certain things that you're allowed to do. Now, first of all, like all the crew shirts I make, they're given out. So I don't make money on them. So it's not like like I do these and sell them online or anything like that. So um, they're just crew T-shirts. They're just gifts. But there are guidelines that you're supposed to follow you know, mm. you know the, the, the studio has and things like that. Oh, you can't have this or you can't have that. Well, I, I broke a lot of those guidelines a lot, and I was wrong. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Like, I, I, I made one t-shirt with every gun that was yeah. in all of them, you know what I mean? And I was like, you know, My like God. this. It was like, it's like, here's all the guns, you know, and he's like, no, you can't do a shirt like that. I'm like, why? I, 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 I love are the, the, the guns. He's going, we're not promoting the guns. And I <laughs> They're in, the movie. They're, they're in the movie he goes yeah but they're the bad guys and those are the answering things he goes we're promoting you know the the good nature of like like the trees mm. and the, you know, the, the things like that and but the, you have the, so the-
0: many in your future i just want to say i i have a you know we talk about thinking steps ahead the surge of authenticity of, of almost that avatar now coming back to the world and giving permission to people you can make a good film and there's no compromise on the special effects. You can make something that people it will connect with people. So I just I you're you're on the top of your game. I just I know you're going to stay at the top of your game because you you're basically going to be in in insane demand after this. The <laughs> FX series they're doing you know an Alien series Disney, which is crazy to to think that now Disney owns Alien, but whatever. You're going to be on that. You're going to be on some of the like, labyrinth sequels. I'm just saying you're going to be very busy, and I I, I suppose love that's labyrinth. you
1: yeah. Yeah, it's I tell you, Maybe somewhere in the future, maybe I'll be able to. Maybe what I'll do is on my Instagram, I'll release all the t shirt designs I did one day. Please do. That way everyone can see what Garrett did. One, two, three, four. Oh my God. You know what it's
2: great? I don't think you've done anything half assed in your life, Garrett. Anything from t shirt design. (laughs) You you haven't had like a half assed conversation. You guys
1: have the best terms.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's because we're all just isolated on an island in the bottom right of the world. We just come up with stuff. Like you don't, we're not here to fuck spiders. Which is like we're not here to waste time. It's just weird. You what guys did,
1: awesome. Say, did you just say we're not here to fuck spiders? Yeah, yeah. that's our that's Australianism. guys, come up with this stuff. I love you guys. Yeah, it's like, you. let's not waste
2: any time. let's not fuck spiders, guys. Yeah. Can I please get these t-shirts? Yes. yes. We're
1: <laughs> a fuck spiders? Angel of action. Um, Coffees hurricanes. and hurricanes. Hurricane and ice.
2: Hurricane. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. I want you guys to send me an email with all the great terms that we've come up with. I'll just send you decals and just go for it. All
0: right. All right, lots of love. Okay, fantastic. How are you for time and how much more can we riff for, mate?
1: I probably have about another five or 10 minutes and then I have to, I do have like probably about 30 emails uh that just came in oh, yeah. um the good news i'm not sure i mean i'm sure that the your 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 people saw that i'm in the middle of a hurricane so i didn't have you to are it. also it's let's
0: uh, by the way awa loves oh, you gosh. because there's a hurricane right now and you're like zoom not jinxing anything but it's just been smooth as so
1: i didn't lose my power or yeah or no, she has
0: she has her eye on you she's she's yeah,
1: <laughs> <degree>. yeah so <laughs> okay. i've got another five or ten minutes so go ahead and fire away with what you want
0: okay all right right do you have any um sort of encapsulating uh, riffs for for Garrett here
2: yes I I wanted to ask like there's this sort of fine balance that you guys do which is you know entertain audiences while teaching them uh and, and presenting like an ethos of some of the things that they can do and also like present a lot of hope as well after what we've just been through what are some of the things that inspired jim um as like what was the ethos that he wanted to bring to people the hope that he wanted to bring and what can we look forward to as we watch the sequels Hmm.
1: well i can tell you that you know um in creating avatar when we were talking about it you know his goal was to um enlighten the world to what was happening in the rainforest as well as in the oceans as well as in the atmosphere mm. you know so he yeah. wanted to show everyone um through the use of an action movie because that's what most people pay attention to yeah that there are problems that we need to deal with and we need to address and that's yeah. um one of the things one of the things he did mention to me is that you know there's always some sort of like you know um idea that he is trying to bring forward whether it be in Titanic or whether it be in the abyss or whether it be in um, you know Terminator you know and in Terminator of course it is if you're not careful in the future technology will rule and you know mankind will become its slave um, so he takes those same kind of ideas and just packages them back up again to constantly be telling the world think, be smart hmm. don't just be run by you know mindless things so when avatar came around he says i'm still using this platform to sell these ideas um what are the things that inspired him i can tell you that you know he's a man that was inspired by a lot of things he would talk to me about explorers that are on the Nat Geo board of executives and things like that they're in the world and how he would bring them in he brought in um some of the people some tribesmen from the amazon rainforest people that don't have a means of getting here and they had to take days of travel just to walk to get to a place where they could fly get on a plane and get to our place and they came and they they did ceremonies for us before we started filming he's been inspired by um watching like african tribes when we first started the first movie when we were doing fight sequences he would say, you know, you can't just look at, like, kung fu movies and say that that's what I want to do for Avatar, because that's not what we're doing. He says, I want you to look at, like, African tribes people and, you know, um, aborigines and, you know, things that are indigenous species and how they fought. That is what I want to bring to the table. And I remember when we were doing the first movie, you know, he wanted the creatures to be these cat-like, two-legged, monkey-esque, you know, beings, that evolved out of a need. And I think those are the things that inspired him because he watches like um, there are tribes that live, you know, on the ocean. And those people go down, free dive down and spend more time underwater than they do above water. Well, they have problems with their eyes Mm. because they're now able to see underwater than they are better able to see above water. Wow. Um, Their bodies evolve. You know, yep. they, they have things that change with their lungs and their physical makeup because they evolve and I think that he used those things to inspire this movie by showing that we all need to evolve into mm. better beings yep. and that's why he uses those to inspire. Now you, movies- you give
0: people you give people the tools to evolve. I have to jump yeah. because we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, I had to get that out there and Thank that you. is one of the most sacred things that a human being in entertainment or in coaching or whatever to to, to, to jump in and make another person find the better their best and most ideal version of themselves. Like that's what is happening on the macro scale with the themes of the film, helping that like humanity become the best version of itself. And then each of us individually, like if you change yourself, you change the world kind of thing.
1: Thank you. Know. I can tell you that when we were doing the movie, sometimes, you know, he would mention you know like like films mm. and there was a movie called sorcerer mm. right i don't know if you guys have ever seen it or not it's a very long movie it was made way back in the early 70s um but it's about um you know these people that take uh dynamite and they move it from one side of um i believe it's like columbia or something like that and they have to go over a mountain they have to drive it in these trucks over this mountain to get it to another side of the island to stop an oil well that's uh, engulfed in flames And he would say listen to the music in this one you know and he goes you got to hear the sound that's fantastic look at the way they shot this sequence And it was all in camera and he would talk about certain things so he uses film as well to be inspired by a number of different people out there he loves like spielberg he thinks spielberg is is truly a great storyteller um he loves you know the walter hills of the you know action world as well because of what they did and the western movies that are out there so He would constantly use films and, you know, talk about how they did certain things for certain scenes. But more important than anything, I'll tell you what inspired him more was the movies he already did. While we were doing our movie, he would tell me stories about how he would shoot things on, say, um, True Lies. You know, and there was a sequence on the Seven Mile Bridge where the limousine fell into the water. And we were setting up a stunt on the on the sequels. And he had said, you know, you're gonna need to put a leash on that right there because it could go flying. And I said, well, I mean, now that you said it, I'll do it, I don't think it will. And he goes, let me tell you a story, Garrett. <laughs> we were driving, you know, that limousine off, right? And he goes, and I was in the helicopter shooting with that camera leaned over at Jamie Lee Curtis, she was hanging on for real. And she was, you know, she was wired on, she was hanging on for real. And Arnold was holding on to her, you know? And, oh, I'm sorry, no, I don't think it was Arnold. It was Billy, hmm. Billy Lucas was the stunt double. Yeah, Billy Lucas was the stunt double for Arnold and he was holding on to her like this. Um, and Joel Kramer was the um, stunt coordinator that day. And he was telling me about the helicopter pilot and how he loved him so much. And, you know, how he's, he says, you know, he's a great pilot. He would tell me all these stories. And he says, well, when the, when the, the limousine hit the water, the hood of the limousine popped off, shot like a frisbee. And he had a camera that was out in the water, probably about a hundred yards away, shooting on a long lens. And the hood of the limousine went right over their heads and almost took the, you know, if, if, wow. if, if it had been lower, it would have hit them. Yeah. He says, that's why we have to do this. Then he'd tell me stories about how, In Terminator, he was in the front of the helicopter with the camera shooting handheld as they would go under the bridges in the downtown wash of Los Angeles basin. And he says, you know, we flew this helicopter right underneath. And he goes, he says, you know, it's crazy. And he would tell me stories about how he had learned things from those movies. Hmm. That is the biggest thing that I think has inspired him than anything in the world. I can also tell you that when he was writing the sequel, um, Avatar 2, He had gotten to a certain point where he had made the movie and he was having a difficult time and he was sitting in his home in New Zealand and he was looking. And as he looked up, he saw a bug under the glass window, right? And the glass window was glass from here to here, but there was nothing on the outside. But this bug didn't know that. It only knew the glass was right here and it was constantly hitting against the glass. And he said, that's so funny. If that bug could just take a step back and see the whole picture, it would realize that there's a way out on the side, you know? And he says, and then in that one moment I realized that I was gonna take Avatar Two and split it into two movies mm. because I was trying to fit too much into one movie.
2: Yeah.
1: And goes, I took a step back. Watching that fly made me realize take a step back and look at what was happening in front of me. And he goes, I realized I had to do I had to go around, I had to circumvent what I was doing mm. and split it into two movies. And that's what helped him get around his obstacle? So, you've just heard everything that I went through in five years of gymness, you know, and he, I gave it to you really quick in an abridged version. But he's inspired by a lot of things and he brings them all to the table when he's making movies. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ray, I need yeah. to talk about, I mean, your middle name has to be like Garrett Generosity Warren. Like, you pivoted, I knew you got training ahead, uh, the, the the sheer amount of Um, kinship and and stuff we've resonated with, like, there's just lots of love right now on the Zoom call. But, Ray, I think you wanted to say something?
2: Yes. I just wanted to say, uh, Garrett, like, your humility is really amazing. And I know we we tried to talk about you, but you kept talking about all the wonderful people (laughs) that you work with on this incredible film but i just wanted to reiterate but like the goodness that you see in them or the brilliance that you see in them is is a reflection of you we can only see in others what we are in ourselves so i just wanted to really honor that and just thank you you know for mm-hmm. for seeing the the beauty and the brilliance of all these people that that you've worked with over the time and sharing it with our listeners and us today Thank.
1: You. i appreciate that greatly let me just say that you know um You know, in closing, I know we're down to our last couple of minutes, but um, you know, I would like to at least say that thank you to John Landau, thank you to Jim Cameron for, you know, putting me into these um, you know, uh spots because they were amazing. I learned so much. But I'd also like to thank my stunt team because I had a counterpart, Steve Brown, who was also the stunt coordinator of the movie. And when I was doing something, he was covering another set. We would divide and conquer, and he's amazing. If there was anyone who was as good as me, if not better than me, it would be him. He's Mm -hmm. genius. One of the most talented people I've ever seen in my life. And this movie is the product of having two great stunt professionals Mm -hmm. at its helm. So Steve Brown is great too, and everyone should look him up. He was fantastic. And then my other performers, the free runners, things like that. Dude, I have so many people, it's amazing. Wait till you see the action team that I have that are in this film, but don't forget, the actors are doing their action as well. The actors are great too. It's unstoppable.
0: I know you're gonna be in New Zealand. Hit us up, we'll, we'll fly over, we'll have some dinner or something. Cause that would be so rad to just like riff even further, you know, in, in person. And stuff. I will
1: absolutely do that 100%. I will definitely call you guys. When we go to New Zealand, you come have dinner with us.
0: When you're in the restaurant, look for the guy who's back walking backwards like a contortionist <laughs> into the restaurant. That's me, just so you can spot me.
2: <laughs> okay You got it. You're right. right. up. Right. Right. <laughs> right. no okay. you No worries.
0: Okay. Look, have fun beating up that hurricane. So, because I know that's going to be your you're on hurricane duty, just basically t- holding it back so that filming can proceed today.
1: <laughs> you can't you can't beat up a hurricane. That's Mother Nature. Mother there Nature will kick your ass. All know. you gotta do is be like water and go with it. Go it. Uh, oh, the way of water. The way of the water. Oh, this guy. <laughs> Uh, okay <laughs> all right have a great day mate take it easy
2: incredible you are amazing thank you so much
1: see you buddy bye, bye.
2: everyone take it thank easy. You.